Good morning, everyone. Welcome to NSPS Radio Hour. Thanks for joining us again today. Um, I will apologize in advance. I'm still suffering from whatever attacked me back around Thanksgiving and um, is affecting my voice, obviously. And so I'll try to restrain from hack- hacking quite so much and uh, depend on my guest today to do all the talking, and then that way you won't have to listen to me trying to struggle to talk. So with that said, Justin Farrow is with me today with Land Surveyors United and other entities. Uh, welcome to the show, Justin. I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you for having me, Kurt. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we we talk about, on our show, we talk about everything, surveying, of course, and uh, it, you guys have done uh, a lot of work over the years, and I know you've sent me some background about how things got started with you guys, and uh, I, I think... Um, that that it takes a village concept is is so important in in our profession in particular in surveying to bolster who we are and get let people know what we do and what we're about and um and just sort of strengthen our position I think in the, in the world and I know that's been a a big goal for you too. Yes, sir. It has. It certainly has. Uh, it's kind of been something that's woven has been woven through my life since since I was born. Uh, Working at my dad's company growing up at a blueprint company, we sold surveying equipment. And uh, my bus, when I was a little kid, the bus used to drop me off at my dad's office, and I've been running blueprints since I could sit up straight. But uh, being around surveyors from different companies all the time, I realized kind of at an early age that uh, surveyors need each other. You know, uh, one surveyor would come in and he'd have this problem with a piece of equipment and he'd stand around tapping his foot. And then another surveyor from another company would come in and he'd say, well, what's going on with your, with your, with your rig? Oh, well, this and that. Oh, well, this is all you have to do. So I kind of realized at an early age that uh, even before coming, becoming a surveyor myself, that surveyors needed each other. Social support was uh, something that, had not fully developed, and online wasn't even a thing, but uh, it kind of was born out of that idea. Yeah, that's very true, and um, it seems to me, and and you'd probably be better positioned to talk about this than would I, just because of what you do, but um, it seems to me that through social media and all the other trends we have in communications these days, it seems to me that those bonds have gotten stronger. I mean, I, I remember the day back in the 60s and 70s when surveyors, local surveyors, didn't really talk to each other an awful lot. Um, you know, everybody had their own special thing and their own special territory almost, even within a county. And uh, my, our listeners have heard me say this before, Justin, you've not. I, I grew up in a really small town in southwestern Virginia, and even today I think there are maybe as many as five surveyors in that old town. Um, oh. And that goes back from when I was growing up, even, and uh, it was it wasn't the same kind. It wasn't like they ignored each other, and it wasn't like they didn't help each other so much. But it was it was I think much less interaction among people back in those days, and a lot of that has to do with the lack of the type of platforms that you guys have. Agreed. You know, I think surveyors have slowly become more splintered, both geographically and ideologically, over time. Uh, and at the same time, the public has forgotten the role of what a surveyor is and their importance. And I think that, um, you know, 
back you know back in the day we thought of everything as think locally act globally and you know we we've realized kind of that uh thinking locally without i mean acting locally without thinking globally can really have uh, a ripple effect that we need to talk about because uh you know boundaries are imaginary uh boundaries are something that has held people uh, back from and isolated from one another over time, um, mainly because we follow different laws in different places. And, you know, I'm probably one of the few guests that you've ever had that doesn't get paid for what I'm doing. I, I, build, I build this community, Lanceveres United, uh, as, as a way to maintain my dad's legacy, who thought that uh, surveyors needed one another, and he needed a way to openly communicate with surveyors about the equipment that he sold them, uh, the challenges that they faced. And that kind of thing um, kind of dynamically started having an effect on how surveyors were communicating with each, with each other. Uh, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, uh, it really kind of started. And I guess for surveyors, um, it really kind of started with Mark Deal. And, uh, and the, R- the RPLS.com and the iBoards, but it morphed into this idea now that we share that, you know, you might not think that you need the surveyor in the next county until you realize that the similarities that you guys share with the equipment that you use, the methods that you use in the field, everybody needs a little bit of uh, coaching every now and then. Yeah, I think that's very true, and, and I, I absolutely share your your sentiment about Mark. Um, I knew Mark pretty well, and uh, certainly was devastated when when he passed away. Um, but he, I think he had very similar um, motivations for what he was doing to what to what you guys are doing now and have been doing. Uh, but uh, I think you're right, and I, I, you probably, again, know more about this than do I, but it, it almost seems to me that having that platform like you have allows people to talk to surveyors that are not necessarily their next-door neighbor surveyors, but surveyors from somewhere else, and maybe in some cases that makes it easier for them to, to have that conversation. Well, certainly, uh, most recently, it, it does. Uh, I, I've kind of, my, my background is anthropology and philosophy, and so even though... Um, even though I was a surveyor myself and I've been around surveyors all my life, I really, in my education, I learned about anthropology and sustainability and, you know, started thinking about this platform as a way for a global culture to emerge in a, in a certain way, connecting surveyors rather than associations. And so, uh, as a community builder, I build communities for a living for other people, but, I have to say that Land Surveyors United is by far uh, the most challenging community that I've ever built. And uh, some people, even people today, are amazed that it even has lasted this long because it's kind of like an impossible community. You know, a lot of people say surveyors don't even like each other in the real world. Why would they want to talk online? And uh, I think the opposite. I, I believe that there's a camaraderie that is shared between surveyors that may go unspoken. But the more we prop each other up, the more the public comes to understand um, just how 
challenging this profession is, how important it is, and how much it affects each and every person uh, in the world. Oh, I think you're you're right about that. Although, uh, in a position I'm in, I would take a bit of exception with your concept that that uh, associations are not useful. Uh, oh no, I didn't. I don't believe that. I, if that's the way I came across, what I meant to say was, uh, we've made a lot of effort in the, in history to connect associations, but the surveyors within the associations need to see that they can be connected too. Uh, and, and aren't limited just by uh, whatever resources might be provided by their, you know, whatever association that they belong to. I certainly believe that associations are the bedrock of why land surveying exists today. Uh, but I believe that surveyors could go a little bit deeper when connecting to one another and uh, sharing information that they get in the field uh, or learn from their mentors, passing on that information, and uh, opening it up to new talent in the future. When people see how exciting and uh, how beautiful surveying can be as a profession, then they want to jump into the field. They want to become involved. They want to use the equipment. They want to they want to learn uh, methodology and uh, take their mathematics to another level, take their practice to another level, and we prop each other up like that, and I think that a lot, a lot is possible. I think I do think you're right about that, um, and and that opportunity to have that more direct conversation with each other certainly is something that platforms like the one you have provide. No, no question about that. Um, just so people can have, a, as you said, a more direct communication with each other, um, and I think getting that sort of uh, communication going in some ways is helpful even to us in the associations because people are able to have their conversations and um, a big challenge we have is just getting people to participate in uh, you know whether it's a, a legislative issue that affects them or a regulatory thing or even licensing structures or licensing laws and that kind of thing um, I, I think again, what you guys do I think and and I say you all in in general, but I think it does provide a good opportunity for people to have those conversations, and uh, maybe we in the associations business need to be more interactive in that conversation too, just because those conversations are going on, but we might not know about them. Agreed. You know, I think economic factors sometimes uh, can prevent social cohesion, but they can also, uh, if if directed in the right direction, like if, if uh, the associations had representatives that were privy to these conversations and jumping in and, and uh, seeing how they can use these conversations to lift up surveying a little more in their local area, it could have a global dynamic effect upon the way that surveyors are viewed by the public. Um, you know, I didn't do all this myself. When you say you guys, you know, I have, a, a, I have quite a few... Uh, I, I, I consider them like my best buddies online. You know, they they help. They're all surveyors, and they help with with the site, and they jump in and, and help moderate, and we make sure everything is uh, always a positive type conversation that that everyone is contributing something that takes the conversation to another level. And that's uh, and towards the end, I'll I'll name some of those guys because they they really do deserve a lot of uh, credit for taking time out of their, their own days uh, 
to come in and make sure that uh, everybody is welcomed and everybody feels like they know where everything is and how to contribute and things like that. But it definitely takes a village. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and when I was talking about you guys, I wasn't speaking specifically of just you guys at, at the at the uh, platform. I was just talking about the people who are engaged um, all, all across the board because uh, I, I realize that, that you have that, that group of people and uh, I appreciate the fact that you're you're willing and eager to to name them and talk about them because those types of things, like you said, do make a big difference in in our profession, and it makes a big difference in how how we resolve our issues, how we find, or from that matter, even even find out about what our issues are, uh, because not everybody's going to be able to to know when everything when it's coming up and by the way we are 10 seconds away from our first break so um, let's go to that and we'll come back and pick up our conversation um, after we go through a couple of minutes so we'll be right back quick stakes is your answer to staking lightweight easy to ride on easy to use easy to find and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes have you tried a sample if not Get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Quick Stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your back-friendly stake. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to our conversation today with Justin Farrow and... uh, I, sometimes Jason, I get, uh, Justin, I get a little confused too when we're getting ready to come back. So don't worry about that. It's it's hard to gauge sometimes, but but that's okay. Yeah, and I know when we went to break, we were talking about that whole communication thing and and where the opportunities are and how important it is. And I, don't, I thought maybe you might want to pick up on that a little bit more. Well, uh, open communication online uh, does for some people also come with the feeling of threat or the possibility of something going awry and them not being able to be quick enough to catch it or something, you know, all the different things that go through your mind before you push the publish button. Um, And I think over time, at least one of the challenges that I had when I first started building Lancer Bears United on behalf of my dad, and and the challenge is always there, even though my dad's gone, I still manage the community, but uh, a lot of the surveying websites or boards that people were using back in the day 
to communicate about issues ended up becoming a lot of what we call flame wars, uh, where somebody, you know, somebody will throw a flame at someone else like, oh, well, you, I can't believe you just asked that question. You shouldn't be licensed in Virginia if you're going to ask the questions like that. And what they didn't realize is that the, the implications of that end up becoming something that can harm someone's reputation. And now, you know, when you don't know how to effectively communicate openly, then some people will jump in just to say something that ends up demeaning the character of the person they're responding to, and then they go about their life, but now that person is left with something that's permanently attached to their name, and it can have, a rep- it can have an effect on their reputation in the real world. Uh, and I think that's that really, that and uh, there's a really big age gap that you talk about a lot on your shows. Um, there's a really big age gap that's not being met with uh, mentorship-type knowledge in a lot of cases in the field. And so what what surveyors have told me over time is things like, well, I don't know enough to even respond to this, and if I did, they would instantly know that I don't know what I'm talking about. And, you know, so that fear is very, uh, is very real, and it does prevent a lot of people from jumping into a conversation, even though they belong, the uh, the idea of whether or not they belong has a lot to do with how surveyors have treated each other online over time. Yeah, have you have you seen that that has diminished some? Because I mean, you're so right about how important it is for people to feel free to share whatever it is they have to share. And and but I do know that historically there's there have been those instances where people disparage each other and I, I guess that's sort of a human nature kind of thing but have you seen that maybe dying down somewhat over time i have seen it dying down over time i do know of there are a couple places where it still exists i think uh you know anytime you mix sports with surveying topics you might end up with people who are a little more loose about what they say uh and it it kind of creates a challenge for, you know, an all-surveying-related website because when people are going at each other, it, it, it's, uh, it can be damaging, but it, over time it has diminished. However, when I first – some of my greatest sources of inspiration have been trying to help individual surveyors who have uh, gone up against this type of thing and lost miserably. Uh, people who have lost their license because of something that uh, somebody said online or read what they wrote and went to the licensing board and got them in trouble. And, you know, uh, you know that, that type of thing, it, as a person who, who tries to be pretty empathetic with, with everybody, even though I haven't shaken their hand, if they've got a, a challenge, I get emails every – I'm like the man behind the curtain, but I get emails from people constantly on uh, – how would I? How should I handle this situation? This guy said this or that, but in my terms of service, I pretty pretty clearly say, you know, if you come in and you defame another surveyor for any reason whatsoever, there will be no warning. You're deleted because that's not what this is for. Uh, so so that's cut down um, uh, a lot of that flame. No no flame wars on my side, and I I, I knock on wood for that because as somebody who runs a community that changes every minute i could somebody could be starting a flame war right this minute and i'm talking to you so it's always in the back of my mind 
of whether or not uh, everyone is quote unquote behaving uh, in a way that is professional and, and helping to elevate the people they're responding to. But it, it isn't it isn't easy. And some people do have that motive. Uh, when you've got such rigorous competition in, in local environments, people will do unthinkable things to uh, put their competition out of business and things like that. And uh, So it's kind of my responsibility to, to keep that integrity intact. Yeah, and, and that's actually quite laudable, I think, from uh, from the perspective of, of trying to keep that in check, so to speak. But it sounds like it could be a pretty big task to keep up with, considering how many people participate. True. Well, I mean, we're about to cross 15,000 members, which is something that I never thought was possible. Uh, my dad never thought was possible. But I do have moderators, uh, people who are as equally committed to it as as myself uh, in different time zones. So if I'm asleep and someone in, in Africa starts uh, starts some sort of a conversation that is not beneficial to the community, then my good buddy Kennedy Kumwa in Ghana, he keeps an eye on the community. If I'm asleep and something's happening in California or, or Wyoming, there's a surveyor in, 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 all, in a lot of different states that control their own little forum. And just all they do to control, when I say control, they just keep an eye on what's being said and uh, if they have something they can contribute. Uh, my buddy Scott Warner in in Wisconsin has always been a, a tremendous help on the community. He's a very knowledgeable surveyor. Uh, he, goes out, he goes out of his way to, to welcome people and help them find the, the groups where the other surveyors in their area belong and uh, you know, it's in a way, it's kind of interesting, you know, like the NSPS has 50 associations that it's over. Well, we have 50 little groups. So people can talk about things locally, but then they can engage in the, glo- in the larger global conversation that's happening. Uh, you know. Or they can yeah. jump into a group that's just about their equipment. So if they ask a question about a sakia instrument or a tremble instrument, they ask it in the right group, well, then they're targeting other users of that equipment. So it, it kind of cuts down on the noise. The noise is where people feel like they can jump in and inject negativity. But if you have very targeted uh, chapters of sorts or hubs, then it seems to splinter that negativity by creating a way that uh, you can get closer to what it is that you're looking for by asking in the right place. And that's always been a theoretical challenge, you know, just trying to figure out the best way for it to work uh, in a way that encourages people to ask their questions. But the difference between a website and a, and a community is really that a website is static, and, it, and the information added to it is usually added by a web developer or someone like me. But the community is dynamic and ever-changing. And with that, you never really know what's going to be said next. But the search engines really enjoy finding, helping someone find a solution to their problem. So if someone asked a question last year about an instrument, and then someone today searches for that question. They're going to find the site. 
because it's already been being worked out. And uh, so working with search engines and social media, people know what's possible. Yeah, that's, um, you were talking about the communities that you have, and um, that's pretty intriguing to have people from all over the all over the world being involved uh, in the way that they are. And, of course, what it reminds me of uh, right off the bat is, is the FIG, you know, the international organization, and they do different things, obviously, but, but that kind of synergy that you feel when you're involved in something like that and dealing with people from all over the world and having conversations with them, um, it, it's great opportunity, and and it sounds like that's something that works really well for you guys too. It does. I mean, it it all starts locally, but you know, I, I think back before we ever had as humans, we ever had an idea of local. Everything we did have glo- had global implications. So, you know the the rebar that gets pulled out of the ground by somebody who doesn't understand what it is that they're looking at, and they pull it out of the ground and they look at it and they stick it back in five inches away from where it was, they don't understand what's going on. But the surveyor that comes to that rebar next and tries to see whether or not it is where it's supposed to be, that surveyor has a choice. Do they just measure it as it is? And, and just mark it down and put it in with their drawing, or they or do they go and they research and find evidence that that rebar actually belongs somewhere else and reset it the way it's supposed to be. And, you know, they can teach each other how to do that kind of thing, even after they've been licensed and stuff. You know, there's different ways of going about everything. But the choice that that surveyor makes theoretically has a a global implication, you know, five inches off here, a half mile down the road is several feet, and it could theoretically throw everything out of whack. I think, you know, uh, surveyors and sustainability professionals have the same kind of challenges in that regard. Yeah, that that makes an awful lot of sense, and something, if you're not thinking beyond the local side of things can uh, can sort of get lost i guess in your in your thought process or even in your in your conversations with other people so i can see how the the types of setup that that you all are using where people have that opportunity to participate both locally regionally and even internationally uh, obviously provides a great opportunity for them and for the whole serving community from that perspective and maybe we can talk about that we're uh, a minute or so from break, so I don't want to get deeply into anything else. But sure, but sure. Uh, we can talk about that when we come back and just what that impact has the potential and maybe already the reality of being in terms of sharing information and ideas and and those types of things that, that don't often happen otherwise if you're just emailing back and forth to people or working through uh, your your local entity or even your state or national entity for that matter sometimes because the the types of things people are talking about in those in those uh entities is oftentimes not as for lack of a better term on the ground or immediate or uh have the impacts of the types of things that you're talking about you know we're sometimes talking about different things and so i can see where having this type of uh, opportunity makes a lot of sense so let's go take their second break and we'll be back in uh just a couple of minutes.
Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Quick Stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your back-friendly stake. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We're back for our third segment. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm, I'm coughing again. Justin Farrow is with us today. And we're having a really good conversation about um, his uh, livelihood. I guess is is one thing we could say about it. But it's it's a sounds like it's a really personal project to you. The that uh, carrying on this legacy that you started with and for your dad. And um, and I know your connection to surveying has been developed over throughout your lifetime. And to have uh, the the types of Feelings about what you're doing with uh, with the community that you've set up, uh, I think, is very laudable and one that that all of us should be paying attention to. And and I'm I'm not even able to talk about competition uh, from that perspective because I I'm not sure what if anything like what you're doing even exists out there in the same way you're doing it. And so maybe you could talk to us about the you know the let's well, start out with the present. You know what? How do people get involved and 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 maybe fill us in on where you stand in that uh, grouping, so to speak, of the types of things that what you do with your entity actually does that maybe other people aren't doing. Well, I, I feel like in order to give the give everyone involved the feeling that and uh, provide them with the opportunity to feel in a certain sort of inclusiveness that. Uh, has been missing or ha- or at least I haven't been able to find it. Um, and that, maybe that's the component that you, about what I'm doing that you say really maybe not doesn't exist. Uh, I, I weave a lot of theoretical ideas or approaches to uh, providing more opportunities for people to get involved all the time. And, you know, going to landsurveyorsunited.com, uh, and signing up as a member will allow you to, you know, find your own niche inside the inside the community. But we do things together uh, during throughout the year. When I say together, I mean we're all in different in our own local environments, but we participate in things like Survey Earth in a Day, 
that's a, an event we have on the solstice every year, the summer solstice at noon. All the surveyors simultaneously set up their GPS around the Earth, and we uh, remeasure the entire planet in a single day as a community of surveyors. Um, that's That was initially uh, something that Scott Warner and I came up with, and my dad, uh, in order to show the public that they can't measure their, their uh, property corners with their cell phone. You need... To know how to use this equipment, you need to be trained. You need to be a licensed surveyor to even know how to approach doing something like that. But then it ended up being something that uh, virtually brought the global community together. And we're about to do, this June will be Survey Earth in a Day 8. So we really have seven models of the Earth that can be layered on top of one another. And in some places, we can see... Uh, changes that have happened in the surface of the Earth that can't even be tracked by satellites. So that kind of thing is the power of a community. You know, um, it's it doesn't exclude anybody. You know, classrooms, uh, an entire classroom of surveying students will participate, send me the data, and then we, we recalculate the surface of the Earth in a day. How it's it really... It's about more about the compute uh, the community than it is about the actual measurements at times. But a lot of geodesists and other people in the network that uh, you know take certain aspects of this very seriously, and they're like, "Oh, you know, this is like a this is a wild idea to think that, it, that you can even do this." But when you've got, I mean, we've got surveyors in every single country of the world, uh, and you know, when you think about that as a global model for unification, that's where the Land Surveyors United comes from, is we're united to solve each other's problems when we can and uh, start thinking a little deeper about how we have an impact on the planet and on nature and the environment. And we think about, you know, things that the original Earth, the original surveyors thought about. They were... They were stewards of the environment. They took careful notes of uh, all the flora and fauna and animals, everything that they they saw on a piece of land before it was claimed or developed. And that component is gone. Uh, it's, you know, they, uh, I've, I've heard people say the reason why a lot of people don't know what a surveyor is is because we haven't had a president who was a surveyor since Lincoln in the, here in the U.S. And, you know, things like that is... Uh, I think surveyors, if you're out there listening, surveyors, you know, I want you guys to be worth more in the future. I want you guys to be paid what you're worth. Your, your job is extremely challenging. You see aspects of, of a local environment that people in their houses never get to see, isolated from the public eye, and uh, it's, in a sense, that's kind of splintered people geographically and ideologically until they get together and they're standing right beside one another and say, oh, yeah, I've had that problem before. Here's how you solve it. And now you can go about your work. You don't have to pack up and go back to the office. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the environmental assessment thing, I think, is very important for the sustainability of surveying um, because it will not only... Uh, cut down on a lot of the problems that we have related to the built environment, but 
It will also show the public how much a sur- you know, what a surveyor is truly worth to them, why they need to call a surveyor before putting in a fence, before building building something on their structure, because, you know, without that, you might be putting your pool in your neighbor's yard, and then all of a sudden you've got, you know, legal problems that you could have avoided just by trusting your local surveyor and paying them what they're worth to do to do what they can do for you. Even though, you know, obviously surve- surveyors are not advocates for the public, but they are uh, able to they are able to sort out issues or show exactly what the issue is. And that's something that people can't do with their cell phones or uh, with their idea of where their fence should be and things like that. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, concept that you were talking about um, and all of us know in looking at survey or surveys from historically. Um, whether it was a boundary survey or whether it was a whatever the survey was about, uh, the elements you talked about showing what was on the land, not just where the land was, seemed to always be part of the equation. I'm not really sure when that sort of went away, um, but uh, it has, as you pointed out. So I think it really has just become like the job of a new third-party professional, you know, like a uh, sustainability professional. Someone is right. trained in, you know, groundwater uh, or or sewage. You know, they have specialties. People are all are in charge of these uh, individualized uh, specialties, and all of that stuff has kind of been taken out of the realm of surveying, mostly because, uh, well, the built environment is something that we constantly survey, but new land to be developed is something that should always be explored. From the point of view of measurement, I believe uh, I think we could we could have more sustainability woven into built environment if we were to put the power in the hands of the guys that are the first to show up and the guys that are last to leave. I mean, nothing gets built without a surveyor. Um, but I feel like the future in the future, um, I'm I'm optimistic about it. I'm optimistic that uh, every that, that surveying communication, surveyor communication, is just going to become more inclusive. Uh, it's going to become more about the environment, especially as we continue to experience uh, challenges with climate change and rising sea levels and uh, shifting of boundaries. And the surveyor is really going to be at the forefront of all of that, whether they realize it or not. It's it's uh, it's kind of their it's it's their role in society always has been since for thirty thousand years, right? And for whatever the reasons were, sometimes we've seemed to have let ourselves be marginalized. If that's the right word, uh, down to one piece of that big pie you're talking about, uh, rather right. than being. I don't forceful is not the right word necessarily, but being aware of, as you point out, the. The, our responsibilities, so to speak, that aren't necessarily our written-down responsibilities anymore in anybody's laws, but certainly um, it's an opportunity for us to present ourselves as as more than, as you pointed out, just people who mark boundary lines. 
Right, right. I mean, as the lines become blurred in the physical environment, so do have the lines of what a surveyor does. And, you know, obviously that changes from every locality, but uh, the surveyors that I know are very proud of what they do, proud about it uh, in, in ways that can't be measured. They are, they'll be surveyors for life, and they share photos of what they're doing with other surveyors. Uh, you know, the guy that, that thinks he's the only person that knows how to do this unique thing only thinks that long enough to meet someone else who's doing it, too. And then they say, oh, well, you know, that's, I, I thought I was the only one that was doing that. But <laughs> you put those guys in a room together, and all of, all of a sudden, magical things start happening. Oh, well, have you tried this? Have you tried this? And then, you know, everybody's uh, uh, develop, you know, professional development is enhanced, I feel, that way. Right. And as you say that, on the professional development side, um, I can see opportunity where it would be a, a great thing to utilize this type of concept to broaden perspectives and increase people's knowledge. One of the things I get frustrated about sometimes is um, sort of the repetitiveness, if that's the right terminology, when we go to get our continuing education credits. You know, all of us have to have them uh, in the states mm -hmm. where we're licensed, and mm -hmm. it just seems that oftentimes there's not a lot of breadth. You know, you, you kind of go see, hear the same things oftentimes, and uh, this sounds like a great opportunity to expand surveyors' horizons and uh, also fit into that that educational component. I agree. My dad used to used to say uh, that he thought a good continuing education idea would be translating uh, manuals into other languages. So, like, say you've got a manual that was put out only in English in a particular state, but there's a certain percentage of those surveyors that are speak Spanish or otherwise, and offering continuing education credits for translation of documents or, or just kind of expanding what can be considered con uh, continuing education. Yeah, let's pick up on that thought when we come back because we are going to our last break right now. In for it. Quick Stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your back-friendly stake. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and medical director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800 438-0387 or go to quickstake.com that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E dot com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for Quickstakes today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com Thank you for listening. 
back with our last segment today with Justin Farrell. Um, I'm, I'm giggling because we were having a, a conversation with David during the break. <laughs> but uh, I, I appreciate the things you were saying there, Justin. I, one of the things that has always been important to me, uh, regardless of what whether I'm doing the job I'm doing now for the last 20 years or when I was still practicing for all those years, um, I, everybody that's ever listened to the shows knows my background. My father was a minister. And mm-hmm. uh, it became very important to me uh, in my life to, although I was not well-suited necessarily to do what he did, uh, the things that I learned from him and my mom um, were all about service. You know, They were all about how you work with other people and help other people and um, put yourself out there to, to do that. And so for a- any appreciation ever shown to that, it's, it all goes back to them because they're the ones who taught me the, the how you work with people. I have to say that I feel exactly the same way about what how my dad has taught me to interact with people and uh, how to treat people. And, you know, we do, we take, we take that stuff that we learn from our family and we hope that we can channel it in the best, in the best way. You know, like I said, I grew up in a reaper graphics, uh, company. I've probably ran a million blueprints myself in my life, but these days I help companies go paperless. Uh, I have my company, Jaybirds, uh, jaybirds.co is a company that helps land surveyors build web, get their websites up in search engines and found locally. So I help surveyors on the individual level. That's what my dad always did. Uh, I'm kind of reversing his environmental footprint by helping people go paperless, but uh, it's it's still the same thing, you know, as technology uh, changes, we have to adapt to it, and as changes happen in the environment, we have to adapt to them. But, uh, you know, if we don't, we die. And we've got to think about uh, how we, in the future, are able to use what we've learned to help others. And that's kind of something else that my dad uh, passed on to me. I believe that all the, all the challenges that surveyors are facing can be uh, solved together with other surveyors. Uh, for example, I think you and I have a mutual friend, uh, Faye Watson, uh, she's with the Public Works Academy. I tell you, Faye Watson is a force of nature. She she goes to these surveyor conferences. She pulls surveyors together, and she's created this uh, this industry driven work. Pro- uh, what does she call it? The industry driven approach to workforce development training. And they have a uh, program at the Pinellas Technical College down in Tampa, St. Pete, and. Uh, she takes donated equipment and donated time from surveyors in the area, and she puts together courses that uh, surveyors who are looking to get certified in technical training can come and take these courses, and uh, she immediately puts them into internships, which I guess is part, part of the uh, process of going through the course. But when you're, when you're done, not only do you have your, your uh, certification as a survey tech, and you can run the equipment, you know the history, you know how to show up and what kind of the ethics that you should uh, hold on to and the way that you should present yourself at work and all this stuff. 
and then she puts you in an internship, and then all of a sudden, when you get done, you have a job, and you've just become the ideal job, uh, ideal talent for that company. You know, that's just something I feel I feel has always been missing, uh, but it's being met with uh, with great enthusiasm, and I love being I love being part of that kind of uh, program because it's it's. Uh, it's so refreshing to me to see these kids, you know, they go in one day and they learn about the history of surveying. And the next day they, they, they leave class knowing how to run a theodolite or a, or a total station. And, and then when they show up for work, these, these owners of the companies are like, wow, this is, I couldn't have even gotten this off of a jobs board or off of a Craigslist ad. These, these people uh, are coming to me equipped to work and, uh, I have to say Faye Watson is a, is a driving force of a lot of that, and it's going to be more than Pinellas here pretty soon. She's already talking to other colleges as well. Um, and that's a great program because it seems as though the the people who almost are in maybe the biggest demand right now are at the technician level just because um, so many times, you know, when the when the uh, downturns come and they lose their jobs or whatever, we're not seeing them come back nearly as much now. But the types of folks she's pulling through her program uh, have marketability, um, and uh, and they also oh, pick up those they pick up those other skills that you're talking about, those interpersonal skills and and their um, you know their attitude about work and all those kind of things that uh, just makes them very um, in demand because everybody knows that technicians are are a big part of what we do and are in, in big demand today. In uh, one of the ways that Land Surveyors United has always been funded is through member donations and through job through the jobs board. And uh, it's been able to uh, become a sustainable community in that sense. If something were to happen to me, the community would still run for several months until someone was able to get a wrangling of it. I've been teaching my nephews at the moment to be community managers, uh, which they're enjoying. But the reason why I started that jobs board is because about 10 or 15 times a week I get an email from somebody, and the only thing they say is, hey, I'm a surveyor. I need a job. I'm like, okay, well, here's a jobs board. You can go over to this jobs board and market yourself to these companies who are putting out uh, ads. Okay. But then they fall, you know, it's like they don't want to go, they want to tell somebody they want a job, but they don't want to show where their experience lies and how long they've been surveying and what they're proficient at and things like that. Uh, it's, it's people that want a job, they go so far to do it. Faye picks up the ones that really want it, and she puts them through her courses, and then they become marketable. And that's, um, I love being involved with that. Do do most of her people come from folks that are already in surveying and wanting to, to be more, as you say, or do some of them come directly from high school or community college, or is there any particular I'd, prototype for it? I'd say there's probably a healthy mix of like high high school students that want to do want to be in a highly technical field, uh, you know, math students that want to take you know take their ability to for computation to another level, you know, they have an interest. 
she seeds that interest and she says, well, you can take it to here or you can take it to there. And, uh, you know, this is being an industry-driven approach. I think the website she has is IDAWDT.com, Industry-Driven Approach to Workforce Development Training. All the equipment comes from, uh, I think, GeoServe is one of the companies that has donated a good bit of equipment. They're all equipment donations. So we're using equipment that is uh, donated from the local environment. Uh, a lot, I think, a lot of the students that are coming through or some of the students are like, say, uh, uh, an older surveyor might have a grandson that's uh, wanting to become a surveyor and following his grand in his grandfather's shoes. Well, this is where you get that training so that when you get to the job, there's not a lot of time being taken up with uh, the party chief trying to train you on this or that because you'll, you'll go in there with working knowledge. Right. And obviously that's what people are interested in. They want people who can get after it, so to speak, from day one. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. By the way, I was curious about your, your jbirds.com because when you were talking about paperless, I was thinking to myself, um, you know, people in my age group um, have a lot of old data that we created over mm-hmm. the years, oftentimes mm-hmm. still paper data, um, mm-hmm. that we have to, in, in some states like my home state, have to hang on to because we don't really have a repose statute. We only have a limitation statute. Um, exactly. And so I, I wonder if you ever work with anybody like that. I do. Um, uh, my The site is jbirds.co, jbirds.co. And if you go there, you'll see some of the companies that I've worked with. But uh, for that particular interest, I'd have to say that uh, one of the leading companies that I've worked with lately, they're very innovative. They're called America's Building Records, ABR. Uh, America's Building Records out of Illinois, those guys are on a mission to digitize every building document in the United States, and they have a searchable database of uh, building documents. And, you know, like you said, there's uh, limitations as to what you can do. Well, they've made it in such a way, so if, like, say, uh, Surveyor A has a, has a plat from uh, 1870, and there's improvements upon it. Well, if it's been scanned in, Surveyor B or C can go and find that digital version of that and reference it without having to print it out or print out a whole set of plans. They can access the digital versions. And so uh, I know there's a surveyor here in Jacksonville, Florida, that uh, I've become friends with that He's got every he's got records of Jacksonville going back to seventeen sixty. Oh, wow. And so when you see his plat room, it's like, man, we've got to digitize this stuff because if if a hurricane comes, which is definitely gonna come one day or another, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got to make sure that that stuff is uh fifty thousand foot, you know, out of out of the way. And it's yep. uh and that there's a record of it. So I think uh, one of the last things that my dad was putting together and drawing, I'm looking at it right now, is, is a way to use QR codes to make uh, digital versions of of uh, building documents accessible to anybody with a cell phone. Right. And Well, believe it or uh, not, Justin, we are a minute mm-hmm. away from our show ending, so I want to make sure that I get enough time to thank you for joining me today. It's been a fabulous conversation, and I hope thank people will, so uh, will look you up and uh, – 
and uh, find ways to become part of your community because it sounds like it is a great community. So I, I, I appreciate I you appreciate sharing you. with us. Uh, if you if you don't mind, I'd like to just say a special thank you to Scott Warner in Wisconsin, Deward Carl Bowles in Houston, Texas, Gavin Bowman in Washington, D.C., Anthony Whitlock in Colorado, Phil Fedor in Arizona, uh, Kennedy Kumla in, in Ghana, uh, Gary Bryce in Oklahoma, and Faye Watson, these forces of nature. Well, I'm glad, and we still have 30 seconds left, so that was great. I was glad you were able to uh, to call out those folks for all the work that they do to help out, and uh, hopefully we can have further conversations. I'd love to talk with you more about what you guys are doing and how we might be able to work together on things. I'd absolutely love it, and I appreciate you having me today, and uh, and I look forward to talking to you again. Yep, we'll have to make sure to do that again and, and say hello back to Faye for me when you talk to her. I certainly will. Thank I'm you. sure she's listening right now. Have a nice day. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.